Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. All right, today's sermon is from Matthew 3, 13 through 17. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, please turn to Matthew in your Bible. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to, t- to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when, Je- and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Thank you, Sam. That's the, uh, the word of the Lord for us today. Um, I have, I have a, a complicated relationship with rules. Anybody else have a complicated relationship with rules? <laughs> I, that, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. Part of my personality is uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm awfully scared of getting in trouble. And so I want to follow the rules. I, I just do. Um, until, until they make no sense. And then I want to be like, there's no way I'm, I'm following that. Uh, and, and I guess it's just part of my, my personality. Uh, I like rules, but I hate them all at the same time. And uh, I think there's something, though, uh, in today's passage, I think. And I, hopefully, we're going to go around about, and we'll end up back with rules and obedience and things like that. But I think there's something in today's passage, uh, in Jesus' baptism, that, that speak to uh, rules and obedience. But I think in a, in a way that maybe we don't normally talk about them in the church. Uh, uh, because Israel has a long line of, uh, of rules, right? They had a long history of, of following these rules, and they took them and expanded them. And, and some of, I probably would have made a very terrible Jew. That's, I, I just wouldn't have wanted to follow the, the rules, in some of them anyway. Um, but I think there's more to, to rules than just, you know, don't do this or do this. Um, but I think there's, well, I think they can be creative. We'll get to that in just a little bit. We're, we're starting um, Matthew, uh, and we'll be with this for a lot of the, lot of the year anyway. Um, until Lent, we're going to talk about some passages in uh, Matthew right after this. And then after, after Easter and towards the fall, we're going to dive into some parts of Matthew that we uh, haven't been in before. But Matthew's gospel um, is really concerned with making a connection with, uh, between Jesus and the Old Testament. Uh, one of the things that we have right before this, uh, before Jesus' birth, really, is a, is a whole long genealogy of Jesus' ancestors. And um, there's some pretty shady characters, actually, in, in Jesus' genealogy, and some people who aren't Jewish, part of God's story. And so it kind of telescopes the, the punch here about uh, Jesus' life and what he's doing, his, the salvation that he's bringing. is going to be for not just Israel, but for, for all people. Well, um, we meet early on a character named John the Baptist, and as we heard, he ate bugs and honey, 
and he dressed in camel skin and he came out of the wilderness and yelled at people to repent and be baptized uh, and dunk them in water. And so uh, to us, maybe if you've been in church a long time, you understand John the Baptist is not that all unusual, but um, what we're meant to understand about who John the Baptist is, is that he's an important part of, of Israel's prophetic tradition. Like he, he, the fact that he dresses the way he does and comes out of the wilderness, he is there to call God's people to live in a certain way. Uh, and, and to repent, really, is uh, the, the, that word just means to turn around, to go from walking in one direction and to another. And, and he tells not just everybody, not just like the, the normal everyday sinner folks to, to repent, uh, but the, uh, the religious leaders as well. And uh, he has a line where he says, bear fruit worthy of repentance. And, and I think that's connected with what we're going to say uh, today about, um, about Jesus' baptism. Well, Jesus, uh, John is out doing his thing, and he's got lots of people coming, and he, he's making a few people mad, and, and he's saying, I'm going to baptize you with water. But there's one who's coming whose, whose baptism is going to be greater. And uh, he's talking about Jesus, obviously. And, and so Jesus, um, Jesus comes one day, and he's like, ah, John, you need to baptize me, right? Um, hold, I can see this. Yeah. Then Jesus came from Galilee uh, to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. Uh, but John was like, no, no, no. I am, I am lowly and I'm just a lowly person. I need to be baptized by you. Uh, but Jesus insists and Jesus gets his way because he's Jesus, I guess. And, uh, and, and John baptizes him. A, a couple of things here. I think we need to a- ask uh, one important question. Uh, why, why would Jesus need to be baptized? If John's baptism is for the forgiveness of sins, uh, why would Jesus need to be, to be baptized? Uh, and uh, I, we, we had a good discussion about this. And here's what I think is um, the point. Jesus, uh, the Bible confesses he is uh, sinless, like without sin, right? Uh, but he's fully one of us, and, and so partly in this moment, he is identifying completely with who we are as, as people. Uh, Jesus is, is experiencing and doing all of the things, all of the good things that humanity does. Uh, being his first kind of public appearance as an adult, he's also making a very clear statement about who he is and, and what he's going to do. Uh, he doesn't need to be forgiven of his sins. But something that happens in, in baptism, I think John's baptism as well, is that like, there's, a, there's a commitment that's happening, uh, a commitment to uh, a new way of life, of repentance, of turning from one direction and going on to another one and uh, uh, confessing <clears throat> that you're going to follow uh, God better and more fully or completely. Uh, Jesus doesn't do this that he's not following God, but I, but I think for our sake, he's saying to us, I am completely and utterly committed to the way of God in the world. That, that, that I am, uh, they didn't know it at the time, I am God and Jesus and all the same, and I experience all these temptations and stuff too, 
but I am going to be committed to being who God wants me to be in this moment. Right after this story, Jesus will be, uh, Jesus will be uh, tempted in the, in the wilderness. Um, but I think he's saying, I, am, I, I think he knows where this story is going, right? I think he, Jesus knows that if he uh, insists on being the kind of Messiah that the world actually needs, rather than the kind of Messiah that Israel wanted, if he was going to be truly the savior of the world, uh, that it was going to get him in trouble. And that he was going to suffer and die uh, and then be raised from the dead. I think he knew this going into the water and he's saying, I am completely committed to this course of action. Nothing's going to stop me. I am, I am on team Jesus, team, team God, team God. Well, John dunks him down, and he comes back up, and uh, we're told that, yeah, okay, a little before that, for what reason, I can't see it on my iPad, but uh, there we go. And then Jesus had been baptized just as he came up from the water. Suddenly, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending upon, uh, upon him like a dove. Uh, can, you, can you just go to the next one, <clears throat> then? Uh, wrong way. And it lighted on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. So we get this, this other kind of weird thing that happens. Like he comes back up, and this dove flies down uh, and, and uh, lands on him. And then we hear the very voice of God saying, This is my servant, my son, in whom I am well pleased. A couple of things are, are important here. Uh, one, uh, the dove does get kind of associated with the Holy Spirit, and that becomes one of the dominant symbols in, in Christianity then. Um, now, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit rested on people, but only for a time. Like, it, it would have communicated to people if, uh, let's see, King David or whatever, that the Holy Spirit rested on them. It, means, it meant that God was going to work through that person for Israel's salvation. Uh, and so the fact that we have this visual of the dove coming and being the Holy Spirit coming upon Jesus spoke to the people around and for the Christian community ever since that, that God is going to do something specific and special for salvation for Israel and for us through this person, this Jesus. Uh, the voice, I, I think, is important too. We hear the very voice of God saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And we have all three of the Trinity right here. We can hear, hear God the Father, we see the Holy Spirit, and we see Jesus as, as the person. I, I, think, um, I think this is confirming. Uh, Jesus saying, I'm, I'm committed to this course of action. Uh, and God's like, yes. This is what it's supposed to be. Uh, I think something is important here, though, uh, and this isn't coming out quite right, but I think there's something really, really important between, like, obedience and Jesus' baptism. Uh, Part of what John is calling people to is, like, to repent and bear fruit worthy of repentance. I think we often think of, of rules and obedience uh, in, like I said, like, and I don't do this, I do this, I stay away from these things, uh, I'm squeaky and clean. 
And that's not what, that's not what John or Jesus is calling us to. And that's really not what Jesus is, is attesting to in his own baptism, right? Because Jesus gets in trouble for eating with sinners and things like that. Things that might have made him uh, unclean anyway. I think obedience, uh, I think obedience isn't to keep us from doing stuff. Rules maybe aren't, shouldn't be considered keeping us from, from doing things that are fun. I think rules and obedience should be creative. Does that make sense? That it, that it creates, well, that in our faithfulness to God, uh, that in Jesus' faithfulness and his obedience, uh, he created something. He created salvation for you and I. I, I think... I think that when we get baptized, uh, that we confess to being dirty and sinners. And we go down and we come back up clean, right? We die with Christ and we come back up. And uh, I think when we come up and, and maybe, maybe we can pretend to hear God's voice saying, this is my son or daughter with whom I am well pleased. But I think in that moment... I think as we come up out of the water, something is created within us that, that helps us to bear fruit. Uh, the fruit of repentance, which you might say is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Did I get them all? Okay. All right. I think, I think if, if we want to be faithful and obedient. If we want to live into our baptism, like that's the kind of people we have to be. Loving and joyful. Kind. All of the fruits of the Spirit there. I think ultimately this is who Jesus was as, as, uh, as he comes up out of the water. I think it's who he was before. But he's saying, this is, this is what I'm committed to. It's creative in the fullest sense, I guess, of that word. And that creativity, I think, is what God is calling us to. Uh, to look out and, and to see what does, well, we need to ask ourselves this question, what does obedience look like for us? What kind of creative way is, is obedience exercised for us? I think, uh, I think it means, honestly, the very base of it is that uh, we're learning to do what we say each, each week, really, to love God with all of our heart and to love our neighbor as ourselves. I think, I think rules, I think rules are good to follow. I think when they don't make sense, don't listen to me. But I think ultimately, like, what, what, what we should be about is creating love, creating space for joy and for peace and for gentleness and for self-control. I, I, I think the conversation that we had last week with, with April about 
judgment and, and rules, right? I think that's maybe where my brain is trying to connect these two things. I think Christianity has, has often wanted the, the, the rules and the judgment. And I think that's just, I think that's wrong. It's got to be accountability like we said last week. But I think if we're truly trusting in the power of God, if we're truly following this Jesus who was baptized and then died and rose again, uh, then our lives and our church will reflect uh, the fruit of our repentance that will be loving and joyful and kind and all of those things. Well, that was a fantastic success. Um, Why don't we pray? Dear Lord, thank you for, well, for you. Uh, Thank you for your gift of salvation. Thank you that um, the obedience to which you call us is not just rules, not primarily that, but the obedience to which you call us is uh, bearing fruit of creating something good and right in our world. Thank you for the fruit that your baptism bore uh, the fruit of a unconditional love and faithfulness for creation uh, for a humanity that was uh, that is completely broken and distressed thank you that in your creativity you have given us love and faithfulness and joy Lord as we as we remember our own baptism as maybe we consider uh, being baptized, that we would understand that what we have been called to uh, is a participation with you in the creativity of love and joy and peace. Lord, help us ask each day what maybe faithful obedience looks like in a creative way. Uh, grant us the strength then to be faithful and to um, and to do those things that to be obedient in in a way that's just not that's more than following rules. Lord, as we receive uh, your meal in just a second, uh, we ask that it would be a means of grace to us, that it would grant us strength and courage. Uh, that in it we would find um, the means to be able to love you with all that we have and to love the world around us too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.